Hey, welcome to E-Crime Bites Season 2. We're up to Episode 10 now. Oh my gosh, I've been sitting on this for a couple of weeks. I couldn't wait to record it. And we're finally here. We're finally able to record this. This is called The Bitfinex Bitcoin Heist with Dutch and Razzlecon. And we've got some pictures of Dutch and Razzlecon. And right now I'm just going to go ahead and put the thumbnail picture that I have um, on our YouTube videos and stuff back in the video right now because this one is just gorgeous. This is one I found of them together and I basically cut them out and put them in front of a digital background, but she's a rapper. So that's kind of the background of this image. She has a lot of rapper looking pictures like this where she's, I don't know if it's gang signs or what it is, but she's kind of throwing up some signs with both hands, has her tongue stuck out. And there's this, I'd say very unremarkable young man standing behind her, right? Just kind of behind her, supporting her. He's not the focus of the picture. He's obviously not the focus of the picture. She is the focus of the picture. So with that, let me get you into this case. So this case from a te technology standpoint, there's only a couple of things you need to know. One is these things called exploits. And if you go, what the hell is that? Don't worry. When a computer system has a vulnerability out there, meaning you see these things all the time, like iPhones has to be patched because of XYZ vulnerability. Well, what happens is attackers can make these things called exploits that will exploit that vulnerability and then take access of the phone or the computer that they're trying to go after if it has that vulnerability. So that is one technology piece here. The other is Bitcoin tumblers and mixers. And we talked a little bit about this. Well, we talked a lot about this in season two, episode seven, which is Larry and Gary Harmon, not to be confused with his other brother, Barry. No, I'm just joking. There's just two, two brothers. <laughs> the crime here was theft of funds and money laundering. And we talked about this a little bit in our last episode. Sometimes money laundering kind of fits the crime legally for the lawyers to argue it. And I think this is another one of those cases that even though they stole the money, they had to launder it to kind of hide it. And that laundering to hide it, that's what they are charged with. Criminal here. And it's actually plural. Husband, wife, duo. And I tell you, when I pick out these cases, sometimes I don't know what's in them. So the victims here, they're, uh, it's a company called Bitfinex. It's a cryptocurrency company, just to there's a bunch of companies out there like this that you can do um, virtual coin trading at. Bitfinex is one company and they're a victim. And I had to think about a second victim and this one was not hard, Seth. It was my fucking ears after listening to Razzlecon rap. Because as part of my research, I learn all about that person as much as I can. If they have a persona online, I go through the, like Instagram images and kind of learn a little bit about them. Well, she is a rapper and she has a YouTube channel and I listened to some of them and they were so bad. They're so bad. So I have to jump so, in on here. I have to jump in here, Jones. So when Jones told me about this case and he said, dude, you need to listen to this rap. It's so bad. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I didn't do it at that moment. And I, I say this because more of a I do like a wide variety of music, classic rock, but I like a lot of rap also. And my son has a very one of my kids is a very specific sense of like his favorite rap is some obscure rappers and he makes me listen to it and most of the time i can barely get through the song let alone the album right but when i heard this 
And I'm not trying to make fun of Razzlecon because I give her total props for having one of the best rap names I've ever heard. It's fantastic. She, the name, she should get some credit for having a fantastic rap name. But that is where the greatness ends. I got to tell you, Jones, and, I, and I, I'm probably going to get some shit for this. That was the worst shit I've ever heard. It was so hilarious. It almost was like if you watch enough Saturday Night Live and you see like the bits where like it's clearly intentionally funny. It was like that, but it wasn't intentionally funny. And that's what's so great about it is that it was so bad. You would think that it was intentionally bad, but it wasn't. That's how bad it is. Yeah. And okay, that's the audio. If you watch it on YouTube, the video that goes along with it is equally bad, equally bad, like horrible editing, just just equally bad. So if you get a chance, I'm not going to be playing her stuff here because I don't want to. We're not musicians. We're not critiquing. You know, fair use is kind of iffy, I think, for us to play this thing. If you want to see it, I got the links in our notes. Just go there and she's got a bunch of videos. And I'm going to show you some of the thumbnails of some of these videos coming up. And they're just they're very funny sounding. Might so I suggest week, if you're going to go to the video, I'm sorry. If you're going to go to the video on YouTube or wherever, stay for the comments because it'll make your day. The comments on her stuff are worth watching the stuff because that's how great the comments are. Yeah, they're they're really, really good. <laughs> All right. So the acts this week, we've got four of them for you. That's our average week is four acts. We've got act number one, which is today, Monday. That's the hack. Act two, which is tomorrow, Tuesday. That's the launder. Then we have Wednesday, which is act three, the search warrant. And act four, the plea. And I will say next to the, you know, Trevor Jacob video that we played and so forth, this is going to be a very picture intensive episode because I've got a lot of pictures of where they lived in the search warrant and all that kind of stuff that are actually pertinent to the case, but also just kind of interesting to see how they lived when they had money. And if you're just listening to this on audio, we'll, we're going to try to explain it to you, but this is one of those episodes I do recommend if you have time to watch it on video, go for it. Cause we put all these things on the screen as we're talking about them. And that way you can actually see what it is and, and not have to rely on our probably pretty horrible descriptions in some of these things. With that, let's get started with act one, the hack here. We're going to meet one of the stars of the show. I will say maybe even the star of the show, Heather Morgan, her rapper name is Razzlecon. Now, if you haven't seen our title, it's in our title of this episode, but I'm going to spell it for you in case you can't see it. You know, you're listening to it. R-A-Z-Z-L-E-K-H-A-N. And this is important because I'm, I'm going to come back to that. Now, Razzlecon, like I said, is a rapper stage name. So right there, immediately, when I got into this, I was like, I went from seeing this go across the wire of a husband and wife who stole money from Bitfinex to the wife is a rapper. And I was like, holy shit, this is going to be an episode. I can feel it already. I thought it was a joke. Then I started researching her. I started looking at her YouTube. She has YouTube videos rapping about bedazzling. Uh, if you've never seen bedazzling, it's kind of like putting these little glitter things on clothing. But she calls it barazzling based upon her name. And that's all like a part of her persona, too. I thought it was a joke. I, I thought I would click on it and have her like make fun of it. But no, it's just like it's a very serious. And I was listening to one of her raps and I had to pull out at least one line for you just to kind of give you an idea of her, the flavor of her raps. And this is one of my favorite lines where she says, 
Lake Genghis Khan, except with more pizzazz. That's how she describes herself. But to be clear, I don't want people getting the wrong idea that she is like a, a PG or a G-rated rapper. It's not. No. Some of her stuff is definitely filthy, um, which makes it even more kind of awkward and cringy when it's just because it's so bad in terms of how it's delivered. But that specific line about bedazzling is definitely on the PG side. So now she also claims she has this thing called, and I may mispronounce this, audience members, listen, I try to at least pronounce everything once, no matter how long the name is or anything, because the name Keith Jones is really easy to pronounce. And I know that, and I try my best. So I try to murder it once on any word. And this, here we go. Synesthesia, I think is how it's pronounced. Synesthesia, kind of like anesthesia, but it starts with synesthesia. Sure, let's go with that. And what this is, is it's a rare type, or she has a rare type of this thing, which basically, as she describes it, crosses her senses, giving her phantom tastes and smells and more. And then immediately I was like, oh my God, that would be horrible. Because, I mean, imagine like the literal taste in your mouth if somebody were giving you a bunch of bullshit, right, Seth? Well said. (laughs) So this is her YouTube like profile page that I... I'm putting on the screen for you right now. And I highlighted in this box up here, her subscriber count and the number of videos, which is like 2.36 thousand subscribers based upon 45 videos. That's, that's a pretty good ratio. And I'm like, how the hell did she get all this? That was a point where I started researching and I, I listened to her video and then I was even more going, how the hell did she get all this? Because it's so bad, but I just want to read you some things that she said about herself here. Um, more for the audio art audience here. She says, Razzle Khan is a surreal artist and shameless rapper. Her genre is horror comedy with a splash of weird allure. She has a rare type of synesthesia, so her senses are crossed, giving her phantom tastes and smells and more. Raz is all about authenticity, misfits, self-love, and social commentary. Her experience living in the Middle East, Turkey, North Africa, and Asia, Japan, Korea, Hong Kong, influenced her art. Now, this is what she says gets posted, and I'd say it's probably kind of accurate. Raz's weird art projects, inspirational content to help you become your best self, do DIY art tutorials, and I guess that's the whole bedazzling that I was talking about earlier. It's basically taking old clothes to make new streetwear fashion, she says. Unusual fashion ideas, wild stories from around the world, and she named some countries like Vietnam, Egypt, Ukraine, Turkey, Kazakhstan, etc. And you go, oh my gosh, this woman is well-traveled. Yes, remember that, because she's one of the main criminals here. And later on, when there's the whole arguing of, should we put, should we detain them or not? Well, these people are very well-traveled, as we can tell by their own admission. And then she talks about, she has things like synesthesia-inspired recipes and women's health issues and female empowerment. And then- Well, I think you got to go back and mention, she has ideas on how to- optimize your home life and career i found that especially interesting given how she was essentially a hardened criminal (laughs) so and just so we're clear we're not making fun of her because she's clearly maybe off the beaten path because she's a terrible rapper we're making fun of her because she's a criminal a criminal and a terrible rapper that kind of terrible rapper right deadly man that's that's what i'm saying like you don't want to do electronic crime because seth and i are going to end up roasting we're coming at you all right so i'm going to put i just picked like the the most popular 
six of her videos and I have them on the screen now for video people. And I'm going to read some of these for the audio people. There's Razzlecon Versace Bedouin. It's an official music video. That's her most viewed video out of all of her videos. So it's something, it's something special. I watched it. And then there's her other music video, which is number two on the list. And that's Foking Bad. I think it's supposed to be bitch. It's B H E C H. Bitch. How clever. I'm assuming bitch. Hey man, listen, I'm like in, I'm an old man. Even the fact that I even know that's bad bitch. Just give me a little bit of credit here. All right. So the next one is Razzlecon social distancing. It's kind of just nondescript. And then she's got one of my favorite videos. This is the one I started with Seth, which is Razzlecon's barazzling do it yourself designer fashion. And it goes on to talk about her fashion. That's the one I started on. I was like, oh my God, is this a joke? And then I clicked on something else and saw like worse rap. And I was, oh my God, we're doing an episode. <laughs> so number five is Razzlecon social distance. And she's got a, like a hazmat old Soviet style, like full face mask, gas canister mask on. It's pretty creepy. And then she has a Razzlecon vacuum cleaner. And you're like, well, what kind of views are we talking here, Keith? Well, her top video is 364,000 views and her sixth most popular video is still 18,000 views. So a video that literally says vacuum cleaner, and I don't even know what it is, got 18,000 views, which just blows my mind. So I'm going to switch to another picture here, which is a picture that they probably aren't that happy about, which is their mugshot in Alexandria, Virginia, which is outside DC. You got Razzlecon on the left, and you got Dutch, her husband, on the right. And Seth, why don't you tell us about Dutch? So let's talk about Ilya Dutch, which is a nickname, Lichtenstein. He is uh, Razzlecon, or Heather Morgan's husband. He's a dual citizen of both Russia and the U.S., apparently from Chicago. Uh, and the 2016... Mr. Lichtenstein, we'll call him Dutch, it's easy to remember, uh, exploited, and we talked about that earlier, remote servers at Bitfinex. And we talked about what Bitfinex is, right? So Dutch utilized a number of advanced hacking tools and techniques commonly known as exploits. And he did that to gain unauthorized access to certain computer servers. He also used pen testing software frequently used by cyber criminals as well as cybersecurity practitioners because this software provides data about security vulnerabilities and assists in simulating cyber attacks. Uh, it also helps figure out how the system would respond. So this is a guy that's an expert in these kinds of um, exploitations and hacking techniques. Now, Seth said pen testing software, and if you're not a computer person, you, if you're not a cybersecurity person, you probably don't know what that means. And that means penetration testing. And then if you're a child like me, the inside of your mind just starts laughing and you're like, I can't believe they've said penetration testing on the air. Yeah, that's the actual real process in cybersecurity where they test the security of systems and networks and so forth. So this type of software is an offensive type of software. It's not like a protection device, like your firewall or anything like that. It's something that a security consultant usually uses in order to tell a corporation where they need to patch their vulnerabilities. But this guy, Dutch, used it for 
hacking purposes. Right. So we know Dutch hacked Bitfinex. So he concealed his activities through a variety of means, including by routing his internet traffic through the Tor network. We'll talk about that maybe when we're done, Keith. Uh, through compromised computers that he purchased via a dedicated remote desktop protocol, Marketplace, we'll talk about that, and through intermediate proxy servers, which are servers that act really as a gateway between users and the internet, including uh, one that's called SOX, which is really for residential proxies rented via online marketplaces. It's also called Socket Secure. It's an internet protocol that exchanges network packets between a client and a server by using a proxy server. This is fairly technical. Um, we know that Dutch was pretty clever here. He worked late at night to give the appearance that he was operating from another country. And uh, though the servers that Dutch initially compromised did not provide access to virtual currency wallets, he was able to use his access to compromise additional servers and subsequently defeat numerous security measures on a specific victim. We'll get to this victim's network. And all that stuff that Seth said we'll get to later, I'm going to get to right now. So the okay. Tor network is the special browser that you use to get on the dark net. And you can basically use it to hide your IP address. So it makes it look like you're coming from somewhere else. Under the same thought, there is the ability to buy remote desktop protocol computers. So what does that mean? It means you can log in as a remote desktop to say a cloud service and use it like a computer. It looks like just as if you were at your laptop, if you had a windows machine in your laptop, you would have this windows machine in the cloud and you could do things through there. And because you're doing it through that instance in the cloud, that IP address will show up in the victim log. Now the piece I didn't slide in there on Hania is the compromised computer. So typically this isn't, Attackers don't do this with just normal cloud resources. What they do is they compromise somebody else's cloud resources and then use them. And then the last one is socks. And just like Tor and just like RDP, where the attacker tries to make it look like it's not them showing up in their victim log, socks is just another way to separate the IP address from the victim. So it shows up from this thing called a sock server. That one's a little more difficult to explain but it's basically a man in the middle between you and anywhere else you're going to go on places like the web so through his access and through his processes dutch actually gets keys to the proverbial kingdom here his initial access into bitfinex was okay but it got a lot better when dutch found the bitfinex keys to authorize transactions for bitfinex and their customers so this is a very heavy duty so he ultimately gained access to the keys or credentials used to authorize transactions involving virtual currencies held by victim VCE. So Dutch ultimately gained access to the keys or credentials used to authorize transactions involving virtual currencies held by uh, the victim here. It included funds belonging to the customers. Uh, and around August 2016, Dutch used his access to the victim's keys to fraudulently authorize more than 2,000 transactions in which around 120,000 Bitcoin, that's like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, were transferred from the victim's wallets to an outside wallet under Dutch's custody and control. At the time of the hack, 
the stolen virtual currency was valued at around 71 million, but that was five, six years ago. Well, now seven, eight years ago. So now the value is exponentially larger. It's actually kind of crazy. Yeah, we're going to hear in a second. The um, wallet, I want you to remember, though, as a listener, is this wallet. We're just going to call it 4S. It's the last two digits on that wallet. Wallets are really large, random-looking strings. This one ends in 4S. And if you have trouble remembering it, just think iPhone 4S, right? I mean, something simple. 4S. We're going to talk about this a few times later on when there's money being transferred out of it. So almost 120,000 Bitcoin. It was just a few shy in February of 2022, which is later, which is recent. I mean, this is just last year, over $5 billion. So $71 million went to $5 billion in that time. So talk about appreciation as a hacker, right? I mean, I can imagine sitting on that as a hacker and going, holy shit, just watching your proceeds just go up and up and up and you hit that 1 billion mark, maybe hit the 2 billion mark and it's just you're probably losing your mind. And when it was seized later on in February, 2022, this is when it is 5 billion. And this is what I'm going to use from now on. Cause this is just, this is what it was when it was seized. It was $5 billion. If we compare this to somebody, one of my favorite guys, Jimmy Zong from season two, episode one, he had $3.4 billion. So we're talking collectively two people added together for over $5 billion. And with that, that's the end of act one. We just walked you through the hacking portion of this. And if there's anything you like in here, please do like, subscribe, whatever application you're on. Specifically, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review there and tell us what your favorite episode was. If it's this one, just put the title in there. It lets us know what people listen to and like the most, and I can try to aim other episodes towards that. If you haven't visited our website, please do. If you're watching this, you're going to see our website on our video. I'm not even going to... Just ignore me for a second. For our audio listeners, it's ecrimebytes, E-C-R-I-M-E-B-Y is in yellow milk, T-E-S dot com. Go there and you can get to all our social media and everything across the top or that button up at the top. And with that, Seth and I hope to see you back on Act 2, The Launder, because this is really where the crime that they get them for starts to happen. Thanks. <laughs>